Hello, everyone. I'm here with my friends Logan Drake. Hello. And Michael Sarich. Hello. And I'm Denim Damon, welcoming you to the first episode of the Covering All Bases podcast. Today, we'll be talking about some baseball, some basketball, and the biggest topic of the day, our NFL playoff predictions, and also the X factors for each of the games. So first, we're going to start off with some basketball. Um, the Knicks are four and three. Really surprising at this point of the season. I really liked how they've been playing. Uh, some standouts include Julius Randle, who is playing really well, really limiting the turnovers so far this year. Um, has also learned a really good skill called passing, which I didn't know he knew it. I didn't know he had it in him. Um, Mitchell Robinson really getting out of foul trouble, playing smart basketball. And RJ Barrett looking to build on a underwhelming but still decent rookie season. Michael, what are your thoughts on the Knicks? Um, I think Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle are going to play very well this season. Mm-hmm. I think that RJ Barrett is going to have one of his breakout years, and I think Alfred Payton's going to be average and maybe a little bit below average by the end of the season. I can agree with that. Obadiah Toppin, their new rookie, I think he's a stud. Personally, I think he's just had a bit of a, a, a slow start. He's getting used to the system, and I think he, when he's in, he's going to be locked in. Yeah, I know you've liked him ever since Dayton, right? Yeah. High flyers, man. That's my favorite. Box office. Uh, quickly as well, big surprise. I saw people giving him D-plus draft grades on draft night. Uh, and so far, he seems to be proving the haters wrong, which I always love to see. Um... Other players, such as Kevin Knox, are not playing the best right now, but trying to work their way into the system, trying to add get some more uh, minutes in Thibs' games, because obviously you got to earn your minutes when you play for Thibodeau. Um, Austin Rivers, it's a really odd pickup in the offseason, but has been balling out so far this year. Uh, what are your thoughts on Austin Rivers, Michael? Austin Rivers. He's had a couple off years in the past, and I think this uh... – I think the system really fits him as a player. Yeah, he likes to shoot the th- – Houston did like to shoot the three, but he's shooting a lot better than he is in Houston. Obviously, only a couple of games, but I, I'm, let me uh, – shooting about 46% from three this season, which is pretty crazy. Pretty good for him. Pretty very good. Uh, other good shooters on the Knicks include Randall, who's shooting 40% from three, which is something I never expected to say in my lifetime. Uh, quickly shooting 50%. Obviously, all these are limited sample sizes. The only one that really worries me is RJ. He's sitting at only about 24%. Had a couple rough games, but I feel like as the season progresses and he really gets used to year two, he'll start to really get that three-point percentage up to about average, which is what I expect from him. Um, And personally, I think if the Knicks continue like this, they could eventually, especially in the East, make it to the playoffs. I think we could make it in if we have a 500 record. I think the Knicks could go 500. I would love to see the Knicks in the playoffs. I do too. It's been, it's been too long, obviously, as a Knicks fan, but just New York in the playoffs is always amazing. Yeah. I mean, look at the Nets. They have a pretty good team this year that's probably going to go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of a rocky start so far, though. But Same record as the Knicks, I believe. So... Very interesting to see how the next season will uh, unfold. Uh, the Timberwolves, that's Michael's favorite team. 
They are um, very questionable for this season. They're questionable. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, obviously hurt. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, playing good, 19 points per game. Uh, shooting 40% from three, which is always great. But just isn't looking like they have enough without Carl Anthony Towns, and their defense is very suspect. Uh, and also had the number one overall pick in Anthony Edwards. Uh, what do you think about Anthony Edwards, Michael? What do you What have you seen so far from him? I've seen him be able to knock down certain shots. I've been I've seen him take some pretty bad shots. But the thing I can say the most about him is his playmaking looking enough. Now he's a bit of a ball hog. Uh, I I don't know if I'd say ball hog, but. Two assists, you can't really say a lot on that. No, you can't really, especially from a guard. You can't say a lot on that, especially from a guard who's also a rookie in a new system that he was just drafted in. Very true, very true. Um, As for his, per, you know, his points, 13.9 for a rookie, brand new. I mean, for being the number one overall pick, we would like a little bit more development, a little bit more of uh, action. Yeah. But... What are you going to do for right now? It's the Timberwolves. Personally, I think the management is all types of whack. Saunders <laughs> needs to get out of town. Kick him out. Kick him out before we before he burn down his house. Oh, oh, no, not his house. Oh, boy. Uh, all right. Looking at the Timberwolves as well, it seems that Nas Reed has stepped into the starting center role. Uh, was Nas, Nas Reed? He, he's he's uh Nas he's doing things. Nas Reed is a Carl Anthony Towns light, in my opinion. Can knock down the three. Yes, probably a better defender than him, though. Definitely, Coming without a doubt, Nas Reed has the credentials to be not the credentials. He has the ability to be a better defender than Carl Anthony Towns, yeah. and I think so far he, he is one. Yeah, I like what I'm seeing from Nas Reed. I've always kind of liked him for some reason. I'm not sure why. Yeah. Second-year man Jarrett Culver looks to improve on a very underwhelming rookie season. And uh, so far, he's not really doing it. Only nine points a game, uh, 43% from the field, and 23% from three, which is... Yeah. That's... Not that's, the best. That's not the best. <clears throat> not the best. Um, all right, moving on from basketball... Uh, now we're going to move over to some baseball. Um, the Yankees made a very minor trade today. Uh, they traded left-handed pitcher James Reeves, who they drafted back in 2015 with the 10th round selection. 27-year-old um, <clears throat> lefter, left-hander. Uh, showed good promise at AA last in 2019, obviously before the COVID season. But a lot of statistics say that he got very lucky such as his BABIP being away. That stands for batting average on balls in play. League average is about 300. His was 240. Um, really showing a lot of luck there, something I don't like to see. Uh, his FIP, which is fielding independent pitching, that does not include uh, field outs. That just includes strikeouts, walks, and home runs. That's everything a pitcher can control on his own. Is a lot higher than his ERA. So some regression looking for him. So not a bad trade. Give it, we gave him to the uh, San Diego Padres. And we <laughs> traded him <clears throat> for outfielder 
Greg Allen. Greg Allen is 27 years old. He's a switch hitting outfielder, uh, played with the Indians and is now with, was with the Padres. Now, obviously on the Yankees. Um, I'm not very excited about him, but he's very fast. Could definitely steal 20 bases a year. And this might spell the end for Mike Talkman because he's older than him and people have wanted to trade for Mike Talkman. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mike Talkman, Michael? A little bit of a fourth outfielder type, fast guy, but yeah, an okay hitter. Pretty fast guy, an okay hitter, an Good average defender, hitter. Though. Great defender. Yep, he can really make those plays. But um, I don't really, I wouldn't say he's a liability in the hitting lineup. But he's not what he's you average. want. He's not what he's you average. want. He's he's not he's not what you want. But you could deal with him. Yeah, so I can see him getting traded for something decent. Uh, some of Greg Allen's career stats include, uh, these are more advanced stats. I apologize for using them if you don't really understand them, but only a 5% walk rate, 21% strikeout rate or percentage, uh, an expected weighted on base average of 296, where the league average is around 320, uh, WRC plus of 69, which uh, league average is 100, so obviously a very below average uh, hitter. Um, Above average defender, though, and he's a switch hitter. So, really inconsequential trade for the Yankees. Not much is going to come of it, I don't think, but still wanted to report it. Um, Trevor Bauer's agent, Rachel Luba, released a statement how Trevor Bauer has been talking to teams. He's been looking for his priorities, talking about a bunch of different um, year and money combinations. Uh, Michael, would you want Trevor Bauer on the Yankees? You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't not like him on the Yankees. He's a player that would help out our starting lineup and he's a player that would probably gain the Yankees more traction. Yeah, I just hope we don't overpay for him if we get him. That's the problem. That's he's the problem. maybe looking for a huge contract, especially in this limited con and in this limited um economy I would say we have. Yep. For baseball. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely agree with that. Hopefully we don't overpay for him. I wouldn't mind him on the Yankees, but again, please don't overpay for him. Um, that about sums up the baseball unit for now. Uh, now is the biggest topic of the day, our NFL playoff predictions, as well as the X factors for each team. So maybe we'll actually no, no, get to your... go first. You no, want me to go, go first? first? Yeah. All right. Maybe we'll get to... Right, Logan, how about you go first? We haven't heard much from you today. I go first. All right. So we're... Uh... We're doing the two games right now that we picked X-Factors for. And the two games I was given is the Seahawks versus Rams, which is it's going to be an interesting matchup because realistically that game can go either way depending on which team shows up. But my personal X-Factor from the Seattle Seahawks is going to be DK Metcalf. Like, if him and Russ start heating up, and just start torching that L.A. secondary. And he has another monster game like he has in this past season. Uh, there's no stopping him. He's he's a beast. Like, come on. Dude's massive. I like Metcalf. I like the Metcalf pick. And for my L.A. pick, or factor, Aaron Donald. Like, arguably one of the scariest defenders in this modern day era. He is ridiculously strong 
he's fast for his sizing too. So if Definitely. he can get if he can get to Russ and get to Russ and lock him down, hit him a few times, get in his head, that is that is big time play because towards the second half of the season, Russ really hasn't been playing too good. First first six weeks, clear MVP. Like come on, like but then he ends off the season really not hot at all. I don't know what happened there, but he gets through that O-line. He's going to cause some trouble. And then the other game I was given is Steelers versus Browns. And personally, I am a big Steelers fan. I have been for <laughs> forever. So, I mean, obviously, there's going to be a little bias there. But with all the whole COVID outbreak going on with the Browns, where they don't even have their head coach. And the fact we only lost by two with Mason Rudolph playing, which I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not too high on that guy. <laughs> I, I, and, and we're home and we're home. True. Heinz field is, uh, <laughs> even without too many fans is still, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to play that for, for, for opposing teams. I can agree with that. I, I'm pretty high on us getting the win, but my, my two X factors on offense for the Steelers, he showed up last week and we really haven't been utilizing him as much as I personally would like, but chase Claypool, like, like one too. <laughs> he had a, ridiculous rookie season. He tied the record for most touchdowns as a rookie for our franchise. Mm -hmm. That his size, he, he has the athleticism, which is ridiculous. He is a freak, I won't lie. But we, we get We're him involved. 6'4", 6'5"? Pretty sure 6'4". 6'5", uh, uh, either or, but you get him involved in the game plan and Ben heats up like he did against Indianapolis in that second half. The offense has potential to be pretty scary. Then, on the Browns side, I mean, that realistically, for most of the season, that offense has been worked around that one-two punch combination of Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt, but for sure, if Nick Chubb, I mean, last well, last week, he had a big break-off touchdown, which started off the game for them. He gets going, that clear X-factor for that team. Top five running back, too, by the way. I mean, just look at what happened when he was held back against the Jets. They lost to the Jets. The, the Jets, like that was that was crazy. That was that, that was I was like, and I, I had him on my fantasy team most of the year. You know, got me good points because he and he, he was out for how many weeks? And he still, I think it was like six or seven. Still finished in the top five, or I think it was top five for rushing yards. Like that, that's ridiculous. No, he had a thousand over a thousand, which is insane. That's that that's ridiculous. But yeah, those are my those are my two games and my. My four X factors from the teams. All right. So next, uh, the two games I have decided to make X factors for were the Buccaneers versus the Washington football team and the Chicago Bears versus the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I did offensive and defensive X factors. I hope everyone doesn't mind. But for the Buccaneers offensive X factor, it's Mike Evans' health. Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Scotty Miller is not a bad wide receiver core. Not, not, not even close. But Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown, that's arguably top five. That's top five, arguably top three in the league. Yes. Um, so Mike Evans sustained that non-contact knee injury. Or was it contact? I don't really remember. It was a knee injury either way where he hyperextended it. Uh, so if he's healthy, and because the Washington football team has a pretty good defense, especially that secondary of theirs. So if Mike Evans is hurt, it's going to be a it's going to be a little more difficult for Brady to work around that. But if he's healthy, if he's ready to go, I think that's going to be 
it's going to be a tough task for the football team. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, for sure, uh, for sure. Uh, the uh, offensive X factor for the football team, Antonio Gibson. I like that pick very much. Very, very good running back. Very good running back against a very good defense in the Buccaneers, which were dominant first couple of games of the season, really slowed down for a bit, but then have started to kind of get back to it. Antonio Gibson's going to be a big part of that offense if he's playing, which I'm pretty sure he's actually been cleared to play or he's close to playing. Because if he's on the field and Alex Smith can give it to him instead of, uh, who is it? Is it J.D. McKissick or Jared McKissick? McKissick. J.D. McKissick. Uh, Gibson is a lot better runner than J.D. McKissick. So that's definitely Definitely. an X factor for that football, for the Washington football team. Uh, My defensive X factor for the Buccaneers, Antoine Winfield. Uh, That's the safety, right? I believe. Yeah, Winfield. Uh, Antoine Winfield. First five games, six games of the season, I remember every news outlet saying this kid could win Defensive Rookie of the Year. He can be everywhere on the field at once. I think he was a great pick in the second round. He could disrupt an offense. He could definitely disrupt an offense if he needs to. So uh, I bet he's going to be a big part of the Buccaneers' defense. And for the football team's defense, I'm going with rookie Cameron Curl. He's a safety. Uh, they took him in the seventh round this year, and he started. At, he's begun to start at safety since I believe week nine after Landon Collins suffered that Achilles injury, and he was the highest ranked rookie safety this year by PFF really? for for a seventh round safety. Uh, two sacks as well, two interceptions. Uh, that secondary is really good but if you add this random seventh round pick cameron curl getting in there messing with the receivers and doing this and that i think the passing attack is going to be pretty with withdrawn they're going to have might have to withdraw from the passing attack if cameron curl can really get out there and do his thing um next up i have the bears versus the saints uh for the saints offensive i have the COVID protocol working in their favor as running back Alvin Kamara has not been cleared for that game yet. That is that, big. That offense is literally and figuratively runs through Alvin Kamara. I mean, six touchdowns. That That's all you got to say. Six touchdowns in one game. That is, oh man. Uh, so if the, he has, they say he's on track, I believe, to play with the protocols, how the NFL has put them in. So you just got to keep your fingers crossed that, especially you Saints fans, that Alvin Kamara is able to play that game. Because even with Adam, Drew Brees might be okay, but with him, that is, the Bears might be in some trouble, and a lot more trouble than they already are. And the Bears' offensive X factor, it's got to be Mitchell Trubisky. That he is going to be either the reason they win or lose because it's make or break with him. It's make or break with him. Pro bowler. It was it a year or two years ago. It was one two year ago, ago, right? Two years. two years ago, two years ago. All right. Yes. Two years ago, pro bowler, but obviously has fallen high from the tree. Wasn't taken second overall in 2017. Everyone knows the controversy with that. I don't need to go over that, but if Mitchell Trubisky can just stay calm, stay composed, throw to his left every once in a while um, and also use his legs, which is a very underrated weapon of his that he needs. She should use more. They should let him use more. I think the bears do have a, I, I think the bears do have a fighting chance. 
Um, and Saints defensive X Factor, I got Marshawn Lattimore. He has had a very underwhelming season. His PFF grade has gone down every single year since he's come into the league. This year, sitting at a 54.1, not great. Uh, two interceptions, 71, 79 targets, which is 21st in the league, 46 receptions allowed, which is not, it's not great. Just, he really needs to pick it up, really lock down. I would assume Allen Robinson, uh, especially with Trubisky being as wishy-washy as he can be. If he can just lock down Allen Robinson, keep him on an island, then that Bears team is going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, next up, we have... Yeah, I got Baltimore versus Tennessee. I'm not done yet. Oh, okay. Uh, then I got the... Baltimore versus Tennessee. Can I go? I'm not done yet. Oh. Then for the Bears... Defensive X Factor. I have a uh, Jalen Johnson. Baltimore versus Tennessee. Jalen Johnson is a second round rookie corner out of he went he went to Utah. He was a Ute. Um, fifty four point nine <laughs> PFF grade, <laughs> which is actually above Marshawn Lattimore, which is pretty crazy. Um, He's a good corner. Uh, he's also possibly hurt, so we really hope that he can work to being healthy for this weekend. Because uh, no, I don't. Michael Thomas was cleared to return to practice today, but will he either be ready or even be a hundred percent for the game is what really depends on it. So if you have Jalen Johnson covering Emmanuel Sanders or whoever they decide to put him on, that's really going to help the Bears out and really going to just maybe put the game in their favor. Because the only way they're going to win is if their defense performs and Trubisky performs. Uh, but now we move on to Michael. So, uh, what were you saying? What teams, Michael? What teams are you talking about? Yeah, I got Baltimore versus Tennessee. <laughs> um, I think the big X factor in this game is obviously going to be the number one NFL leading rusher, Derrick Henry, who's currently leading the league in carries, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, um, with 378 carries, 2,027 rushing yards, and 17 rushing touchdowns. Uh, but the thing is, is against uh, all all that Tennessee has been doing this year is just pounding the rock with with Derrick Henry. That's how you become the number one leading rusher. He and had 28 carries for 133 yards and a touchdown against a healthy Calais Campbell and a Yannick Ngakwe on a week 11 against that Baltimore defense. That wow. Baltimore defense, that, let me mind you, is the number two defense in the league right now. The wow. number two defense in the league with only 303 points allowed. But, but that Tennessee Titans offense has scored 491 points this season and they're not mm -hmm. showing any signs of, any signs of slowing down. Definitely so not. they're probably just going <clears> to <throat> keep going and keep going, but their points allowed is 439, which is the 24th worst defense in the league. Wow. And Baltimore has 468 points scored, which is the seventh most high-powered offense in the league. So this is going to be a very high-scoring game, I feel, I um, favoring more towards, in my personal opinion, the Tennessee Titans. Nice. I just don't think the Baltimore Ravens have enough to, to stop to stop Derrick Henry and uh, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown has 101 targets this season, 29th in the league. 
but has the fifth most receiving touchdowns and tied for 14th with receiving yards with 1,075. Wow. People need to talk about A.J. Brown more. People definitely need to talk about A.J. Brown more. He's a big physical wide receiver who's got the speed to keep up with probably most wide receivers in the game. It's crazy how him and D.K. went to the same school. True. Him and D.K. went to the same school, two of the biggest wide receivers in the league right now. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's about it for me. I, I think Tennessee is going to roll through Baltimore. Baltimore is going to be a first-round exit. What about uh, – If anything's going to keep them in the game, it's Gus Johnson and J.K. Dobbins, who both ran for 700-plus yards each this season and split carries. Damn. All right, what about the Bills and Colts? Um – Huh. I got I got the call. I got the Bills winning. Yeah. I think Josh Allen's gonna have a, a great game, and Josh Allen is top five in MVP voting, in my opinion. And he's accompanied by the number one wide receiver in the league right now, and Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Stephon is oof. Great trade by that. With a great trade. A trade uh, where both cool. sides won. And yeah, you, I mean, realistically, both sides did win, yeah. Buffalo gets Stephon, you get the best rookie receiver in the draft class, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, the best yeah, best wide receiver in draft class. We'll be talking about him next season when he makes the Pro Bowl and an all, and uh, he's going to be a uh, top three wide receiver in the league. I can definitely see that happening. Um, so after that, we will now go to our uh, playoff predictions. Who's, uh, who's do you want to go first? Uh, what was that? Do you want to go first? Uh, sure, I'll go first. Um, so in the AFC, I have the Titans over the Ravens. Like Michael said, I think Derrick Henry is going to run all over the Ravens. I don't think they're going to be able I mean, to stop him. He did it last year. Like, he did it last year. Stuff. And then it seems like he got better this year. Yeah. Somehow, some way. Yeah. Uh, Steelers over the Browns. I might not be the biggest fan of the Steelers, but I understand that they have a very good defense, even with the injuries they've sustained. Big Ben isn't awful. Their receivers are really good. So I do think the Sears will be able to beat the Browns, especially if uh, their coach isn't there. Then it's just, oh, man. I have the Bills over the Colts. I think Josh Allen is going to – Colts had a very good defense this year. Very surprising. Uh, yes. The pickup of DeForest Buckner and Justin Houston were massive for them. Um, and even veterans like uh, Xavier Rhodes have really just – propelled them to be a top five defense. So I think that, but even, even so I believe that Josh Allen is going to, is going to have his way with that team. Him and Stefan are going to, I think they're going to do something special against the Colts. Um, Chiefs over the Titans. Uh, I just, I love the Titans. I love Henry. I don't love the matchup of the Chiefs against Henry, but you just, you can't, you can't count out Patrick Mahomes in any kind of game. There isn't really a game where Patrick Mahomes is the underdog, you know? Yes. He'll come back from 21-point deficit, deficits and beat you by 15 or 14. It's just not fair with him. Uh, I got the Bills over the Steelers. I'm sorry, Logan. Uh, how, uh, the, the Bills have a good defense. The Steelers... The Bills also are very smart. I feel like they'll know how to exploit Big Ben. I feel like they'll know how to cover Claypool. And recent struggles with that offense just don't paint the best picture with me of their of a long playoff run. Maybe if there was the two by uh, the excuse me the two the first and second uh, seed by, then maybe I'd give it to them because Ben could rest. They could drop some good plays. 
but with the one bye week and it's not being for the Steelers, I just don't think they're going to make it past the Bills. Um, <clears throat> but I do think, like I said, the Chiefs will beat the Bills. Um, I just, like I said, I don't really, uh, Tredavious White's a good corner, but do you, Logan, do you think Tredavious White can really cover Tyreek Hill? No, no one can cover Tyreek. No one can really cover Tyreek. And then you have players like McCole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who I believe is going to be healthy, I think. Don't quote me on that. And even if not, they have Le'Veon Bell, who is still producing at a decent level. And Patrick Holmes isn't really proof of last year. He doesn't really need a running back. So sure. anything is a bonus. Uh, so I have the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. Uh, when it comes to the NFC, I got the Buccaneers over the football team. Uh, Brady is just I, – I can never count Brady out. As long as I've been a Jet fan, I've wanted to do it every year of my life. Oh, he's 39. Oh, he's 40. Oh, he's 41. It just doesn't work out. Brady's going to beat the, the football team. Even if he doesn't have Mike Evans, he's going he's gonna to pass for over 320 yards. He's going to really light it up over there. Uh, Rams over the Seahawks. I don't like the Seahawks' rush defense. And I think that Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson – I think they're going to – if Jared Goff has his running backs, much like Baker Mayfield, they're, they're poised to have a good game. So I think that those running backs are going to play really well, and I think Jared Goff is really going to just – because that's Seattle's secondary. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm a Jet fan, so Jamal Adams is there. He is not a good coverage safety at all, more of a glorified linebacker. So I just don't see them, especially if the running game is working. I don't see the Seahawks winning, included with how Russell's been playing. Uh, Saints over the Bears. Even if everything goes right for the Bears, I still expect them to lose because they're just – I just – the Saints have a very – the Saints have a strong defense. The Saints have a good offense, even with Drew Brees refusing to throw the ball over 10 yards. Um, <clears throat> and if Alvin Kamara comes back, that's just the icing on the cake for the Saints. Um, I have the Packers over the Rams. Uh, that's the difference between the Rams and the Packers and the Seahawks. I do believe players like Kenny Clark and I got this crazy homeless guy outside my house going oh, oh, with the shopping cart, bro. I don't know what to do right now. Maybe uh, get get to a place with better Wi-Fi because we didn't hear a word you just said. He just threw it. He just threw it. He just threw the shopping cart. He just threw the shopping. All right then. Uh... <laughs> oh my god. I feel like Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark will be able to beat the Rams there. Uh, I have the Buccaneers over the Saints, like I said, if the, especially if the defense can play up to what they've been shown to be able to do in the past. I don't think the Saints offense will be able to compete with that. I don't think the Saints defense will be able to compete with Brady. And then finally, I have the Buccaneers over the Packers in the NFC. I love Aaron Rodgers. Definitely this year's MVP. Definitely a great team behind him. But like I said, I think the Buccaneers defense will play to that first half, how they did in the first half of the season. I think Brady will just absolutely light it up. I have him going to the Super Bowl. <clears throat> uh, but in the Super Bowl, I do have the Chiefs beating the Buccaneers. I think Patrick Mahomes will repeat. Uh He's going to cruise through the playoffs. Him and that, that, that defense isn't looking too bad. Uh, his offensive line, obviously great as always. Top receivers. Tyree Kill uncoverable. Travis Kelsey uncoverable. I have the Chiefs taking it. Patrick Mahomes winning Super Bowl MVP. Uh, what do you think, Logan? 
let's get the let's get the obvious games out of the way first. Um, oh, he just left. Hopefully, he'll be back. His phone died. Oh, well. Anyway, he'll join back. But I uh, Titans over the Ravens. As much as the Ravens, they have an explosive offense. The the Tennessee Titans just have an even more explosive offense. It shows, and if you have Ryan Tannehill play the way he has been the last couple of weeks of the season, you're just you just can't just can't put up those type of numbers because the thing about Tannehill is he's an optimal play action quarterback, and if you have a play action with one of the best running backs in the game, you're biting. Exactly, and Lamar. When That's it, at why the, his at tight end day, fucking dotted up. At the end of the day, this Lamar. He, he, he comes down to him being a liability issue because Tannehill, he can run and he can also throw dimes down Tannehill, the field. When he starts running, I every time he breaks out of, out of the pocket and starts running, I say there's no way this man is running that fast. And then the defenders will be all the way behind him and he'll already be in the end zone. I, I got Titans over Ravens. Steelers, Browns. Uh, like I said, we, we only lost to two <laughs> by two away with Mason Rudolph playing. And you could have argued there there was a couple couple calls that could have come our way, but I wasn't upset with that loss. We we didn't have key players, and like like you said, with their head coach being out and other personnel, that that that's a big hit. If you don't have a coach playing, um, that, I mean that, the Jets play without a coach all year. Well, that's that's a different story. I had a guess, but yeah, I, I got the Steelers taking uh taking them taking them down at home and then bills over colts like they're the bills just really explosive team even though yes the colts have a great defense top three defense it, again it comes down to a liability issue with philip rivers yeah philip rivers uh which my personal thought it colts offseason they get an actual quarterback that isn't old and a liability issue they become legitimate contenders next year but at this point in time, just, he needs to understand that with that defense, he can game manage and they could win a couple games. But I don't think he. Wants I don't to think win. it's. I I don't think they're going to be able to pull this one out. They they did have some uh, interesting games this season, to say the least. But Bills definitely in my book taking the clear W, and then you get into the divisional round, Chiefs Titans. As much as that Titans has just as an explosive offense as the Chiefs do, the Chiefs defense is just horrible. It's, it's, it's bad. I I saw a stat actually. T.J. Watt, Steelers linebacker, has the same amount of sacks that the Titans' whole defense has. Like, come on now. You can't win. You can't win games with a defense as bad as that. Especially against top offenses. So Chiefs clear winner in that. You know this uh. You're obviously going to disagree with this pick, but obviously this comes down to a little bit of bias. But when you put it, when you put it on paper, it's not impossible. Mm. Steelers beat the Bills. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> the last, the, the last couple of weeks of the season, they finally they, they beat the Colts playoff team again. Would have beaten the Browns, another playoff team, but and obviously if you c- come into that game on a hot streak from beating the Browns at home. You get the offense rolling. Don't let it go under Fickner. You let Ben do his thing. Make the audibles. Get the deep ball going. You get a little bit of a run game going. 
And then defense, if Joe Hayden comes back, Robert Spillane, and I Steven think if Nelson, Spillane comes back, uh, if Spillane comes back and he will be there for that game, I think it's looking a lot better because he is definitely a very good coverage linebacker. And go back to the regular <laughs> season when we played the Bills, we didn't get blown out to them by by them like other teams did. At, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to our defense and you have the starters that can come back starting and Ben gets it going a little bit. Second half of that Colts game, he plays like that against the Bills, we win. You didn't get blown out, but you still lost to a team that's not the number one best team. Well, anything could happen in the NFL. I mean, look at the Jets. Anything could happen in the NFL, but it was it wasn't like a like a slamming, but it was a pretty decisive loss. Yeah, it came down to Big Ben's pick six, which was executed by horrible play calling. If you run slants and drag routes every time, they're gonna pick. They're go- they're gonna jump on it, and that's exactly what happened. But then, um, <coughs> uh, AFC Championship game, Steelers Chiefs. I've gone back Especially and with forth. With a defensive mind like Sean McDermott, you I've gone back and that. forth with you all year with this matchup. <laughs> Don't tell me you did it. As much as Patrick Mahomes is a phenomenal quarterback, he also had 16 dropped interceptions. Uh, I knew you were going to bring that up. When you put that into perspective, that is horrible. That is horrible play by a quarterback. That just shows he got bailed out by the defenders not being able to jump on that and make the interception. You take the Chiefs' defense. It's a good defense, but it's not. it's not top three. Good, not great. Good, not great. Again, as long as injuries and the whole COVID shit with our team, we get that sorted out, we have that defense. And, you, okay, you can't lock down Tyreek Hill. I said that before in your predictions. But if you can hold that offense to not let them get ahead of you by too much and then on our offense, get it rolling. It's going to come down. It's going to come down to the wire. And whichever defense can pull up with the stop is going to get that win. And statistically, I mean, we lead the league in sacks, takeaways. I, I have the Steelers pulling off the incredible upset over the Kansas City Chiefs. Fine, fine. Jump to the NFC. Bucks versus football team. The football team had a negative record. That division's horrible. Personal opinion, I don't think any of them should be in the playoffs. Bucks steamroll them. Like fucking manhandle them. They are five and one with Alex Smith though. Well, Tom Brady, that's all I gotta say. Seahawks versus Rams. If Jared Goff plays like the fucking shitter he has been with the he might have even played, I forgot. That, that, that's what I'm trying to say. If his if his thumb is fucked and he doesn't play, the Rams are done. Yeah, they have a good defense, but again, if you have a great defense, but you have an offense that can't sto- score, you're, you're, you're out because you yeah. can't rely on your defense to put up the points when your offense does nothing. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I have Seahawks over the Rams. Saints versus Bears. The Bears... What a season they had, up and down, like, Mitchell Mitchell Trubisky, like you said, comes down to, he could do it, but 
against the Saints, no. Saints, Saints win. Saints yeah. beat the Bears. And then Packers versus Bucks. You had this matchup in the regular season. And the Bucks won. But Aaron Rodgers is just on fire. Aaron Rodgers is another animal this year. And after Both them, Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen had more touchdown passes than their punters had punts. I, I saw that, but you you put it, they just manhandled the Titans. If that defense can hold the Titans' explosive offense to that little bit of points, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, that's a that, that ridiculous duo. Yeah, their the defense was playing extremely well, but don't forget, the element had a big deal. It snowed an hour before the game. True. That is true. But Packers over Bucks. An hour before. And, then, and, the, and the Packers, that's basically their home stadium advantage. That doesn't really affect them. They, ha they, playing they have home field throughout the whole thing. So. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that is a big factor. So maybe maybe the Packers do do hold this thing if it snows in Green Bay. But new, that's a new category, maybe. Saints, Seahawks, the Seahawks defense. If they had a defense that could actually be consistent, I would say this would be a closer game. But Alvin Kamara, he plays. Seahawks get blown out. Saints take the win over the Seahawks. And then... Wait, I have... Uh... I have this matchup wrong, I think. So Saints over Seahawks. So then, who would the Packers play? Saints. Oh, so I just wrote it down twice by accident. Packers-Saints. This is a... If it comes down to this, this will be a phenomenal game to watch. I can agree with that. But again, coming down to that home field advantage, let's say a little bit of snow or like really freezing game... The Saints play in a dome. Yeah, Mercedes-Benz Stadium is a dome, but oh yeah, like he said, Drew Brees is not getting younger. He's starting to wince at twenty-yard plus passes. But and like you said, Marshawn Lattimore is just he fell off statistically this year, but he still made the Pro Bowl though. But that's why the Pro Bowl voting is absolutely awful. Still made the Pro Bowl, though. Had the worst season of my career, but still made the Pro Bowl, though. Exactly. But yeah, I, I got Packers over the Saints, and then it comes down to the Super Bowl, which, with the way my picks align, would be another Steelers-Packers Super Bowl. Why? And if it comes down to that, oh boy, you best believe I will. understand you're not being biased, but where is Bud Dupree going to be back or no? No. No. But it, we don't need him. Alex Highsmith is one of the highest-rated rookies, PFF graded, and he's played not even a full season, less than half a season. But Steelers, Packers, again, these picks I have all come down to if the Steelers' offense can say can stay consistent, and with our defense. If, if it plays the way it did against a playoff team like Indianapolis, someone that has stepped up big this year, Mike Hilton, he plays phenomenal, and then you have T.J. Watt. Obviously, it's T.J. Watt. 
you get that defense going, you get the offense locked in. Again, it comes down to which defense would be able to stop who first. I can agree with that. But do you have you have the Steelers winning? I I mean, let's be honest. You go back to the Super Bowl ten years ago or how many whatever it was when they played. Anything can happen. We were high favorites to win that game and it comes down to simple mistakes which costed us the game it, a fumble and an interception costed the game it comes down to stuff like that you were a lot less biased than i expected if we're being completely honest and with the underdog mentality the steelers have eric ebron he like i said he's gonna be one of those players that should be back as of covid we have all the key players that we did in that Indianapolis game. The Steelers, very underlooked team. Don't get me wrong, Aaron Rodgers, best quarterback in the league this season. But he's not perfect, and neither is their defense. That is true. That package, Jair Alexander is going to be an X factor in that one. He will be. But again, the Steelers have so many, they, they have the potential. They have so many offensive weapons that, if you're on one, the other one's going to be open. Like, we have four receivers that can do everything that they need to do. Claypool, Juju, Washington, Johnson. And then you, yes. throw, in, you throw in the little bit of the, the, the sweep actions with Ray Ray. You have the three running backs. Because, I don't know if you saw, Anthony McFarland got heavy playing time last week. And I like what he can do. And then you have the two tight end set of Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald. I see and Vance McDonald is more of a run blocker, for sure. Because Eric Ebron cannot block to save his life. But yeah, like I said, everything that goes and gets in order and we stay on that hot streak, I really think, and obviously, yes, this is some bias because I'm a Steelers fan. But it's not impossible. I think the Steelers beat the Packers. Definitely not impossible. We're really looking at a... Uh... Just a great slate of NFL playoff games. Uh, Michael, uh, what about your playoff? What about your playoff picks? I did absolutely none. All right. Well, uh, uh, all right then. I think that Packers and six, baby. Packers and okay. six. All right. Um, I think that wraps up. The first episode of uh, the Covering All Bases podcast. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed this episode, and I uh, also hope you'll join us for the next one. So, I'm all of you, just have a great night. Take it easy.